welcome to the Not All of the Night podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Ashley. And today we have a special guest. Ashley, do you want to welcome our guests? Welcome, Richie, to our podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. It took us a while to start this thing and actually try to take this serious. <laughs> We've been laughing for hours. What it's felt like hours. So, All right. welcome, Richie. Why don't you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Richie. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'm Richie. I'm Ashley's husband. Um, thank you for having me on the uh, Not All Love and Light podcast. It definitely is not all mm-hmm. love and light <laughs> for the most part. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Um, I I'm think you're father. more than just Ashley's husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a father. I'm Ashley's husband. I'm a public adjuster. I am a coach. I used to fight professional MMA. Um, I do a lot of other stuff. You know? Cool. What else? You need some help? Yeah, I need some help. You're Actually, an entrepreneur. Help, there you go. Entrepreneur. I'm very good at sales. I love sales. Um, what else can I say? You're a motivator. Motivator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, I met Richie separately than you. I met you first. I took your yoga class. I didn't even know you guys were together. And I signed up for boxing conditioning. You know, me not knowing anything about anything. <laughs> I get there and I'm like trying to wrap my hands. And he comes up. He helps me. And then we start taking this class. And I'm like, why are we doing so much cardio? Never doing this again. Boxing conditioning. <laughs> I know. I know. That I know. was a 6 a.m. class, right? Yeah. My brain wasn't working yet. No, like I, I like that class a lot. It was a fun class. Yeah, it was cool. It, it was, was tough. I, I like kidding shit. Mm-hmm. The conditioning part, not probably so fun. Not. No, yeah. but it gets your endurance really, well, really good. That class used to up. be super packed at six a.m. I know, like forty people deep up, like two people in a bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's when the the hype train was full throttle for UFC. Yeah, when the first open. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we got a few questions from our some followers on Instagram, um, and we'll just get right into it. Romy, you want to ask the first question? Actually, before we start asking the question, I want to know like how long you've been doing sales. Like, what got you into it? What was the first sales job that you had? What is your sales story? Well, my my sales story pretty much stems from like childhood. Like, I've been a sales guy from from before I even knew what I was doing. Um, and I've shared that before one time on my Instagram, so a lot of people kind of got the gist of what I used to, what I did, and how I got into sales from the beginning. First, first time I got like an idea or a glimpse of it was when I sold a Tech Tech board. So these Tech, I don't know if you ever played Tech Tech before. What is maybe, that? Maybe you never played the Tech Tech board. It, it, it's <laughs> a skateboard. Sounds funny. Tech Tech. <laughs> I think it's the same thing. It's a tech deck board, but you play with your fingers. It's a skateboard, you know, and it has super cool designs on the back. You know, it used to be super cool to me. And basically, you play it with your fingers. So while you're bored at school, you're playing tech deck, like a skateboard. I okay. sucked at skateboarding regularly, but at tech deck, I was pretty good. <laughs> you were tech fingers, you were good. <laughs> I was good with my fingers. <laughs> so tech tech. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Let, let's get back to the story. I was, my mom bought me a tech deck board when I, you know, at Target. It was probably like five to six bucks. So I go to school and I, and I really love this tech deck board. And just, I should just stop just saying stop tech saying, deck, right? Yes. Can we just stop the tech deck? So a tech deck board is a little skateboard, right? And those things cost about five bucks. Now they're a little cheaper. But my mom bought me one and it was a really cool design. So I go to school and, you know, all my friends, we, we would just all have tech deck, tech deck boards. So I go and this kid pulls up and he goes, I really like that board. And I go, okay, cool, it's mine. And he goes, I'll pay you 20 bucks for it. And like sirens went off in my brain. I was just like, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, you're gonna pay me four times, five times the price of this tech deck board? And I go, show me the money. And he pulls out 20 bucks. And when you're in fifth grade, 20 bucks is like a million. You know, you could buy mad cookies. You could buy extra snacks. All all types of stuff. Four more tech tech boards. Yeah, Yeah, it's inventory. Yeah. So 
I sold it. I sold the tech deck board, and from there, it's like, you know, inspired to just sell things, you know, and make money off of it. If I if I could flip a tech deck board for four times its price, it was just a little fire in me. And then from there, I went into like um, in middle school. I don't know if you guys ever um, in middle school bought a Starburst lollipop. You ever bought a Starburst lollipop? I did buy candy from you people. Candy, yeah. yeah. So. I saw this kid one time buying, I mean, selling Starburst lollipops. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm selling them for 25 cents each. And I was like, it lit another light bulb in my head. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy two bags of Starburst and sell them. So I kept selling Starburst until one day I went to Costco with my parents. You know, Costco, you buy in bulk. And I'm like, mom, buy me this $30 box of chocolates. I came home the next day with like $75. You know, I flipped it. So every day, like like three times a week, my mom was taking me to Costco to buy a big box of chocolates. And I was making money in middle school, just flipping chocolate. You were the candy kid. I remember those candy kids. I got in trouble so many times. Like I would get I would get I would have to clean up the cafeteria for selling candy. Oh, shit. Yeah, because every time security guard, <laughs> the security guard would catch me, she would she, she'd be like, come here. I mean, she would take me to the principal's office. I would have to go clean up. But you kept selling. Yeah, I kept selling. I just found a different way to hide it. Yeah, okay. So you think that this was the start, obviously, of something that triggered inside of you that you're like, this is something that I'm actually good at. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, nobody had the, the chocolates that I had. Like, literally, <laughs> everybody was doing, like, little things they bought, like, at at the time, Eckerd's, you remember? Yes. It's Walk it was Walk it's Walgreens now, but yes. it was Eckerd's. Mm -hmm. So whatever they bought there, what they can get their hands on, they would sell at school, but I changed the game. I went to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> so once I went to Costco, I had like way more inventory. You know, people were like, you know, their minds were blown. I had Twix, Hershey's, all the all kind of different chocolates. And I was able to make more money because I could sell them for more. A They're dollar. not just yeah, a dollar, dollar fifty, mm -hmm. whatever. I started up in the price. Premium. Yeah, quality chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one of the questions that we received was how did you become so good at sales? Well, with in that case, I mean I mean if you stem it all the way back, it's just like my my desire to provide provide a service or some kind of satisfaction to them. Like kids love the chocolate. You know, like when you were in school, you came across some candy, like it was like heaven, you know, you're in a boring ass math class, you're in a boring ass English class. The best thing to have is like some kind of something to snack on. I, I know for me, because I was eating every class, mm -hmm. you know, I would pack a bunch of peanut butter and jellies. I was always eating. That was a way for me to pass time. Has that changed? Are you always eating? I think I've slowed down a little bit, <laughs> but I eat a lot now. For sure. I eat a lot. I eat the most out of everybody in, around me for sure. Right. It could be like a like kind of an anxiety thing, because when when he goes on long drives, he doesn't stop eating. And maybe he's like a, a way to pass the time. I don't know. Yeah. Like road trips, though? Yeah. Drive, long drives. Mm -hmm. But you need snacks. No, but he doesn't sure stop need snacking. <laughs> Yo, you need snacks, but he'll have his hand in a bag the whole time. Also has it's, some help, it's too. It's part of the experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think it might be like, you don't you don't need a lot, but when you do get like nervous or something, you do start snacking a lot. Nervous, external, external influences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smoking. Well, that's, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. You get the munchies and then you just forget it. Yeah, for sure. So you would say that you you got good at sales because you realized you enjoyed providing a service. Yeah, exactly. And then you just practice. Mm -hmm. And that's not the only thing I used to do. I, I would also go knocking doors. And and I had to remember this because I, w I was literally knocking doors, car washing from, from a young age. I would go knock doors with a bucket, soap, sponges, rags, and I would use their water. But I would always, do, I would just knock doors, be like, "Hey, do you like, do you want a car wash?" And I would get, I would end up sometime. One time, I did like about ten cars in one parking lot. There was like a family party, and they let me do all the cars. It took me a long, long time, but you know, they, they, they overpaid yourself? me. That's a lot. No, I had sometimes I had my brother with me or like a friend, mm -hmm. and then we would just knock them out, you know. And I was very like detail oriented, you know. I would wash the car, I would clean the cars like I wanted them clean. Mm -hmm. You know, like nowadays, you, you know, your car's not clean unless you unless you, you always have something to point out when, yeah. you, when you wash your car. But I would do such a good job that they would overpay me. So, it was, you know, and I'm a little kid just walk around with a bucket. So that was part Let of my Let me ask you routine. a question. What would you say to someone 
like me who would say I'm not good at sales. Mm. You are good at sales. You just haven't figured out why, like how to tap into that. You know, everybody's good at sales. They just have to break that stigma. You know, um, sales, sales reps or salesmen or salespeople, whatever. They have a bad like stigma to to it. You know, like society. There's a negative has, connotation. Yeah, negative connotation. Society has placed that on them. You know, when when you think about a sales guy, you think about this sleazy car sales guy, right? You think about like a guy waiting for you at the car dealership to try to sell you a car that you don't really want, mm-hmm. which happened to us, remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody, like, like the reason why people have, you know, and tell me, no, like, did your parents ever walk with you like through the mall or through somewhere where they knew salespeople were and they would just hold your hand tight and just like walk you fast <laughs> don't through? Don't, like, look, don't look at them, don't look at them, look at yeah. them. You know, they, they wouldn't want you to interact with the sales guy because they feel like they would be pressured into buying something. You know, and and then sales is not pressuring anybody or deceiving anybody or or trying to you know scheme your way through a sale. It's actually giving a a real good service. I think and there's a difference value. though. Like for example, like you're saying the mall. You know those people that get in your face, try to take pictures of you. Yes, like, that's intense. Yeah, or like they try to. Off. I'm like, bro, if you don't take my face off that mall, I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or they try to iron your hair with their with bro, their iron. And they put makeup on top of your face, and no. you're like, no. You know, I don't. <laughs> what I do, like in Dolphin Mall, when they, when I'm I'm like walking by. I did this the other day. I was with Eli, my son. I'm walking by and then the lady just takes it, starts, I see her getting ready to take a picture of me. And I don't mean to flick, flick her off, but I just flick, I flick off the camera and I just go, it's walking past and she's like, damn. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. don't take pictures of me. You can't use that. Yeah. I think there's a difference between that, like somebody just getting in your face because I'm very like, no, thank you. But if it's somebody, for example, that you know that the person is interested in what you have to offer and then you're generally really trying to help them i think there's a difference in that yeah i mean i mean okay so somebody comes up to you looking for a product or service it's Mm -hmm. a different sale Mm -hmm. than if you're going to them you know what i mean so like when you when you do door to door right Mm -hmm. you're going to somebody they didn't ask you for to come you know what i mean that you're going to them so now you have to provide the value and kind of like explain to them how you're going to give them like a, a good so how are you going to put them in a better position you know what i mean so like it's different people it's still do that different though? i do door to door really every week wow i didn't know people still did that yeah i love door to door oh my god you see that's that gemini sign that yeah for sure yeah I gemini's, like gemini's are great with small talk and sales so that's, and convincing people mm-hmm. oh yeah they're great like showing value yeah that's cool i didn't know much about his gemini rising but it's cool to learn more Mm -hmm. so that's what you see yeah right now we're going door-to-door sale door-to-door with the public adjusting um three times a week with the new with a new recruit class Mm -hmm. that we had done so teaching them the ways and you see people you see people step out of their comfort zone like people get really nervous going door-to-door talking to people I feel public adjusting is like the best transition into sales because not only you're going door to door. Yeah, you're 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 going somewhere where they didn't ask you to come, mm-hmm. but you're providing something and they don't really they don't have to come out of pocket at all. You know, mm-hmm. you're just showing what's going on, you know, like, oh, you have property damage or you're like pretty, you're educating. Them. Yeah, you're educating them. You're you're helping them use the resource they already have. So if you have insurance, obviously. You know, most people just get insurance to just, you know, for their mortgage. We should go with Rich one day as a field trip just to see him do his, his job. You could record <laughs> r- record video video content. <laughs> Come there. on, you want to you want to get better at sales? Let's do this. Well. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next question. So, what was one event or person you would say changed your life forever? Hmm, it's a good question. There's That's a few a people a that question. come to mind, but mm-hmm. the, the the person I feel changed my life forever, made the most impact on me was that de- is definitely my son Eli, for sure. You know, maybe um, do uncomfortable shit. You know, maybe be completely selfless with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do uh, everything for him. All right, you mm-hmm. name it. 
He's definitely taught us to be selfless. He's been our greatest teacher, I think. Yeah, I for sure. They are. Mm-hmm. They, brought, they come to teach. Yeah, for brought, sure. brought up a lot of things from like, you know, that we hold on to. Made us work through things, make us think differently, act differently. You know, even like the music I listen to. Mm-hmm. I got to be aware of like what I'm listening to, what I'm putting into his brain. You know what I mean? I barely listen to any type of hip hop anymore. Like you can, you know, you'll catch me bumping it. Like if somebody else has it on, but like if I'm driving in the car, I I don't really pollute my brain with any of that anymore. Mm -hmm. Listening either to like a podcast, not all of a light (laughs) or, you know, like an audio book or, or some, some better music, you know, beautiful chorus, beautiful chorus. There you go. What's that? You haven't heard beautiful chorus. No, I'm sure you have. They're a group and they just sing like, their music is mantras mantras it's beautiful messages i listen to a lot of country really yeah because it's like i don't know i feel like they love their country so much and all their songs are about love and it's like passionate being in the mountains and that's like my shit Mm, that's nice interesting i love it i don't really listen to country i don't know why send you some shit send us i'm I'm always open to listening to new stuff especially Mm. if it has a nice message behind it Mm -hmm. you know i love beautiful chorus though it's like so good to listen to. It's like positive. in the car. No. Yeah. Yeah, that time I had a moment at the park with the tree. I was listening to a beautiful chorus song. And I had like a deep, deep revelation that time. So I did hear their song because you played it for me while we were training. I'm sure you heard yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to a little bit more of that. So someone wants to know um, recommendations for staying disciplined. How do you stay motivated? They answered their own question right there. How do you stay motivated? By, by being disciplined. And how do you become disciplined? Well, you have to have like some kind of goal or some type of, um, well, you're, you're always, you're not always motivated, you know, like I'm not always motivated waking up in the morning. It's like really hard for sometimes for me to wake up in the morning, believe it or not. You know, I see Ash and Eli just slump (laughs) cozy as hell in the bed. You know, it's dark outside and it's cold, you know, like it's freezing in my room. I don't want to get out of bed, but I know how it makes me feel to go to the gym and to get my day started the right way. When I don't do that, you know, because I slacked off or because when I don't purposely rest, my day gets thrown thrown the fuck off, like thrown off. I wake up, I'm getting a million emails, a million phone calls I'm not prepared for, you know, a bunch of things start happening, it's out of whack. And you know, that's why that's why um my routine is really important for me. You know, the other day Ash, Ash told me, she's like, you should rest tomorrow. And I go, no. Ash is always telling me to rest too. I gotta, I gotta, save, I gotta <laughs> no. save that rest day, you know, for the day I purposely rest, you know? So what I did, even if I was tired, I went to sleep at 12, woke up at 5 a.m. Even if I was tired, I, I, I went to the gym to do a short workout because I gotta get my routine going. Correct. I gotta get my day started. Yeah, you know? even if it's a 20 minute, it's not about the workout, it's about the habit. Right. And and being in that routine that yeah. your mind knows, like, this is what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But going back to it, like the motivation is like it's not it's not consistent. It's not it's not always there. So but discipline is, you know, if you know, if you have something you want to do, like you want to be in shape, you want to be healthy, you want to you want to make sure you're giving your best to your family, to yourself, yourself, most importantly, then you have to have that discipline to stay stay in shape to go go to the gym work out get your day started do what's going to put you in a better position because that's going to put everybody else in your circle in a better position yeah i want to add something to that um i think when it comes to discipline it's being clear on your why like you said you know you want to be better for yourself you want to be better for your family that is your why so i think if you're clear on what that is you can always come back to it even the days that you don't feel motivated or you don't feel like it or you're tired, you always go back to that why, and that is going to be what keeps you going. For sure. I always say motivation is such BS because people are always waiting for it, and that shit, like, I'm not not motivated. I'm I'm less motivated more than I'm motivated most Mm -hmm. of the time. But it's the discipline and waking up early and doing the shit every single day that, you know, keeps me doing and keeps me in my habits. Yeah, and the more discipline you have, the more motivation you find. Because mm-hmm. you start seeing those results. You start seeing mm-hmm. the positive effects of your discipline. And, you know, you want more of it. It's right. addicting. It's addicting, yeah. You, you just feel better. You're in a better mood. Like, when, I, when I'm when i off my routine, don't come near me. <laughs> oh, 
I feel you. I'm super irritable. Like nothing. Like I don't want to do anything. I just, I just want it to be tomorrow. <laughs> it's interesting because. You know, both of you are very similar in that sense where you thrive off of routine, but I'm not like that. And I've tried to be the type to wake up every day and have the same routine. And I it tends to feel like I'm drowning in it and it's not fun, you know, so it actually becomes counterintuitive because I think that I have to do ABC every morning to be successful. And as much as I try, it, it doesn't feel like it's sustainable for me. So I think that discipline and that motivation is going to work for a lot of people who thrive off of routine but if you're listening to this and you've tried the routine and it doesn't work you're not alone um not everybody's gonna do things the same way it's not right. one size fits all yeah you, know? you gotta see what works exactly. for you you gotta find what works for you as a coach like i've learned that because i thought that initially when i first started doing my routine and doing i thought that that was the only way like everybody needs to do this right but mm -hmm. then working with different people and realizing that that doesn't work for a lot of people. And even talking to you, having a slower start to your day, but still seeing what habits it is that you want to keep mm -hmm. and create and still do them throughout the day, whatever yeah. works for you. Because yeah. you're still creating those habits and still staying motivated to whatever your goal is, mm -hmm. right? Some people are like really like night owls. They're great at working at night. Do not give me anything to do. Past I'm like that. Anything. Like my brain doesn't work very well until like, 12 or 1 p.m. That's mm -hmm. just how I am. And I'm used to it. I've always been a night owl. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think in that sense, I've noticed that that whole mentality of like, wake up early, do your bed, this, this, this. If you don't do it, you're not successful. What's this guy's name that's always preaching that? And it's like, it's kind of toxic positivity mm -hmm. because that does not it does not fit for everyone. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to speak on that. If it, in case anybody's out there yeah. listening, like, damn, I've been trying this routine and oh. I can't get it down. It's okay. What yeah. I recommend like for, for people that still want to have some type of normal, like, you know, some type of movement or something in the morning is that if you can't wake up, let's say two hours before to get a whole bunch of shit done, like at least do 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, you could do so much in 30 minutes if you just break down the time into like mm -hmm. increments. Just to disconnect before people just get on their phones and start going on There's instagram book, and shit what is that book called that it, the it gives you the acronym savers and it tells you like the, 10 minutes of each thing the miracle morning there you go that was a really good book mm -hmm. if you haven't um checked that one out gives you some good tips and nuggets that you can use even if you don't apply it fully you can kind of go off that basis and make your own for your morning that's what i use in my morning my savers yeah mm -hmm. okay cool yeah i mean productivity is different for everybody you know mm -hmm. like for ash i know her productivity is way different than mine i do a completely different morning you know mm -hmm. i know that ash has to like lay in bed for like 20 minutes before she I gets literally, up and like that, romy said i need a slow start and that's that's that what that's what sets her day the tone for her day and sets her you know gets mm -hmm. her gets her moving the right way yeah for some people taking off running is what fuels you like both of you yeah. for me i'm like the opposite like, i can't even take if off i go running. to sleep like at midnight like i'll wake up at five at first when that alarm goes off i'm like fuck you yeah, know like terrible. i don't want to but i just get up you know i just move my as soon as i'm i'm off of bed my feet hit the ground like You're i'm good going. you yeah. ever sit in, in on the bed and be like damn should i get up should i not get up <laughs> no i'll leave back then you get up you start weighing everything out and it's like Okay, no. I'm gonna get up. That's when I use the five second rule, and I'm like five, three, three, two, one, get out. Get out. You you never regret it though, you know. No, especially never. us, like so mm -hmm. we, us that you know we we thrive off that. We never regret it. If I went to sleep at twelve and woke up at five, I'd regret it by seven You'd because be my body would be shutting down. No, yeah. I would. I literally cannot function off of five hours of sleep. I see. I see it as a superpower that you can sleep five hours and fucking have a whole full day and be good. I see it as a superpower that you can sleep past five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, even when I'm like, I'm going to sleep in. Yeah, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Wide awake Wide in your bed looking at the ceiling. I slept until 7. <laughs> That's great. Sundays, I try to sleep in, right? Yeah. Or Saturdays, try to sleep in on purpose. It's mm -hmm. no way. 7. Nothing. I know. I got you. That's me. The grass is greener where you water it. Because I've always thought I wanted to be a super early morning person. And as much as I tried, it just, it doesn't work. So... You know, and you want to sleep in, but if you did, you'd probably not feel good at all. <laughs> you well, would not feel on good. The, on the downside, like I can't stay. Makes you more tired. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, right. exactly. Like at night, I'm I'm done. I cannot. Like if I stay up to twelve, is because I have some shit going on. The only thing I can stay up watching is probably fights. No, good. and even then, you're half fights. asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's go on to the next question. Is tough love the best form of love to give? Yes and no. I mean, tough love is. 
it's tough, tough to swallow. But sometimes some people need it. You well, know? what do you consider tough love? Well, basically, tough love is um, when you gotta tell somebody the truth. You know, let them know, let them hear it. But like going back to different people, you know, people don't take messages the same way as everybody else. You know, so I was going through it like before I started learning more about different personalities and different, different, you know, different people. And the way they function, I would give everybody the way I would take it, the way I would want to give it, you know, the way I would want to receive it. So I guess people would, would take it the wrong way. You know, people think I'm really aggressive. I don't know. People think I'm aggressive, intimidating. I don't even know where they see that from. Maybe it's the cauliflower ears. I don't know. Or just my, my face. But like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know. People give me, people like tell Ashley, oh, he's so intimidating. But like, I'm really not that intimidating. You know, I feel like I'm super nice to people, but mm-hmm. well, that's know, their perception their perception is, is, mine, is on them. Yeah. I mean, the way they perceive you is it, it says a lot about themselves. Yeah, yeah. But going back to that question, tough love is tough love the best sort of love? Yes and no. Sometimes it's, okay, you so it depends it. on the person. It depends on what the person is doing, how they're doing it. If, if if what they're doing is redundant, is if you're are you tired? Are you wasting so much energy trying to drill something to somebody right. that they're not getting the point. You know, those things are important. Yeah, Going back to you saying about different personalities, I actually learned about that when I was a supervisor for DCF. They used to make us do all sorts of trainings. And one of the trainings that we did was about emotional intelligence and then the Myers-Briggs personality test. Mm-hmm. So it, the Myers-Briggs sets you out in all these different like categories. And then our trainer separated us into different groups. And then he asked us, like, okay, so if a supervisor were to go into a meeting and they ran it this way, how would you feel? And I'm listening to him and I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly how I run my meetings. Before I even said anything, there were people saying, oh, like, they don't care. Like, they just, you know, want to rush the meeting. Like, they just want to be done with it. And I'm in shock. I'm thinking I'm trying to be efficient as fuck and trying to be like, get to the point. Let's get back to work. And then listening to everybody else that had different personalities made me realize that depending on who you're talking to, you have to know, you know, if you could give them that tough love, if you have to scale back a little bit, but never to the point that you're just like too, like too possibly, passive, yeah, too passive yeah. because it's, it's, come on. Some people need to wake up a little bit. Some people need that push. Mm-hmm. That, and that's a, that's a really important um, point also in sales because not everybody likes to be sold the same way. You know, a lot of people sell the way they're sold or yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, right. A lot of people sell the way they're sold. And then, you know, some people need to need different, different approaches. Yeah. It's good to learn different, like it goes back to the personalities thing, because the way that people are sold could be different. The people that the way that people want to receive love is different. Yep. The way you people know? are coached as well. That's something mm-hmm. we learned too. Working at the gym is like not everybody can be coached up the same way. You know, some people can accept that form of like, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, fake flattery type of motivation. But then other people are like, mm, I see right through that. That's mm-hmm. not working for me. You know. So yeah. So let's go back to saying when you asked me how you would be better at sales, right? Mm-hmm. You would just have to learn more about how to deal with different personalities, mm-hmm. how to tap into what what resonates for them. So like you're sold one way, right? So very, very like passive, probably, probably like calm, you know, like not trying to, don't, you don't like to be pushed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So maybe being like, if you had a client that would need to be pushed or somebody that wouldn't mind that, like it would be uncomfortable for you to do that yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's how you have to like, you know, in order for you to learn, Different personality. You would have to learn different personalities in order to be able to sell them, as well. So yeah. Same thing. And and just meeting somebody right away, like how would you determine just by a simple conversation? There's certain questions you asked just to determine like what type of personality you're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Listen first. You know, the main thing you got to do is listen when you're doing selling or advice or anything like that. The main thing is listening. So if you, 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 you can ask them questions, what they're, you know, like if you're a coach selling, selling training, you're asking what kind of goals they have, all that stuff. And you kind of like understand more or less, you know, body language, you know, at the door, it's, it's very obvious. Sometimes the guy opens the door, he goes, yeah, what do you need? What do you need? Quick. Um, I'm busy. I'm busy. 
you got to let them know how it is right away. You got to be really aggressive with your approach. Mm-hmm. You know, there's guys that, and, and you know, I, I did some trainings with a couple of sales coaches and they categorize them in different animals. So there's like, I don't remember off the, off the top of my head, there's bulldogs, there's golden retrievers that are super giddy, happy. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I might mix them up. So mm-hmm. one, one's, a, one's a tiger, you know, so a tiger is like wants to do whatever everybody else doing. Mm-hmm. I might have it mixed up, but it doesn't matter. But either way, they categorize them in different like di- different types of animals. Mm-hmm. So you'll know who you're talking to by the way they're reacting to what you're saying, your pitch. So if like you notice somebody's like really listening to you and it's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, what, what are they doing? What's going on over there? Like, they're really into what the neighbor's doing. It's probably like a tiger. You know, they're, they're just like, really want to do what everybody else is doing in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, or like an owl. An owl is somebody asks a lot of questions. Right. You know, so, so there's different... It's a lot di- of psychology. Yeah, it's a lot of psychology, exactly. All right, All right another question. How do you overcome fear? You don't. <laughs> you don't? No, I'm just kidding. Over, of course you do, but fear is always going to be there. You know, you just like tap into like getting past that making it making it not you're not you're not gonna get you're not gonna overcome fear you just can't let it affect you the way you gotta feel it fear. and then do it anyways yeah, yeah exactly feel it acknowledge and just it. see it and then go forward anyways i mean yet in that's it and that that question is very generic because like um what what kind of fear are you talking about you know fear of my mm-hmm. life fear of failure losing yeah. losing something or it all depends you know, if I overcome fear of like my life, what, overcoming that, what just you, you just have to act. Um, if, let's take it sales, like fear of rejection. A lot of people are scared of being rejected when they start trying to sell. So when people are scared of being rejected, I kind of like you. You just have to take it like motivation. You have to trust what you're selling. You know, so if uh, if you're going, if you're selling coaching, right? You know that your product. You know that you're a good coach. You know that you could improve somebody's life. So the fear of getting rejected is just like, should be motivation for you to keep trying to change someone else's life or influence someone else. Because at the, at the end of the day, you know, I feel like it, it's fear that they're not buying with you or they're not training with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fear could be paralyzing. So if you let fear paralyze you, you're never going to sell a training session in your life. You know what I mean? Right. With fear, you just got to like... You got to feel it and then you got to... Fucking do whatever you got to do anyways. Yeah. Exactly. Fear, unless you let it paralyze you. Either yeah. you're paralyzed by fear or you feel it, you acknowledge it, and you move past it. Yeah, we're always going to be fearful doing anything. You know, you get that, you know, scared. Like with me, when I started doing like sales way back when I was, I was scared of rejection and then I would take it personal. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> no, it's funny. A lot of people yeah. take it personal. Super personal. And then I, I realizing this has nothing to do with me. Yeah, it has nothing, it has to, nothing, do nothing to do with exactly. me. So how I trained myself to be okay with it is that I got like a paper with 100 circles on it. And every month my goal was to get 100 rejection. Wow. And then you trained yourself became, to not For me, to not it be became affected. a game. It, it was just like every time I would get rejected, I'm like, yes, I get to fill out a circle. <laughs> That's and, yeah, and through that process, I get so many more yeses, right? The no's lead to yeses. Mm, correct. So the more no's you get, the the more more the closer you're going to get to a yes. Right. I like that. Yeah. You desensitize yourself to feeling bad about it, and then you kind of switch, which is all we have to do. Mm-hmm. Change how you how you think about that exactly about that thing. Change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And remember, fear is literally like the only thing that gets smaller the closer you get to it. Mm, that's good. It also helps to thank your fear, like thank you, because typically your fear is trying to protect you subconsciously or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think it and be like, all right, I got this now. Moving on. Yes. All right. Next question. <laughs> How did you get so lucky? It's a pretty big question. I think they're referring to you. <laughs> How did you get so lucky with me? With you? Oof. Divine timing. Very true. <laughs> Definitely was. For sure, for sure. I guess that'll I take know. us into the next question. Talk about the dynamic, relationship dynamic coming from previous toxic relationships Oof. for the both of us. Well, I mean, um, we both met at a time where we we're just like, we said, fuck it, we're putting ourselves first. You know, we're like both of us. Like I told my story to Ash. Her story was similar, like almost identical. How did you guys meet and how long ago was that? Well, we, <laughs> meet we don't even know 
That's a funny we story. Met in a past life. Oh, no, for sure. We've, we've been together. But it was funny because we I saw him in high school mm-hmm. and I remember I saw him like in the hallway of the dance and you were probably in PE or something and I was like oh my god where Team is he sports. from <laughs> like where is he from like the cutest guy I've ever oh, seen in my life so and then I had a high school crush on him um but then we randomly would bump into each other throughout the years like one a few years later we danced together at a house party he asked for my number never called me no it was a good story <laughs> and the reason why I I was I'm able to like really remember is because of the situation. She was there with her friend mm-hmm. holding her friend's hand. Okay. So that that was our way to deter guys from coming up to us. Like this is my girlfriend, go away. You know? Yeah, so that I literally ta- walked up to her, her friend, not her, and I go, Is that your girl? Like respectfully. I'm like, Is that your girl? And she goes, No. And I go, Okay, cool. So I walked oh. up to Ash and I asked her to dance. I think I got her number and everything, but I, I just never asked. I just never called her. Something was always her? blocking me. Yeah, I, we talked about that. It really feels like there was some kind of force, like, still holding us apart. Um, and then I saw him again, like, years later at a bank, randomly. But, like, we didn't say hi to each other, but I would see him. And then 2013, I go to the beach with my friends, and I would never leave my friends. Like, I would never leave my group of friends. But something kept telling me, take a little walk down the beach. Take a little walk. And I went. And here was Richie <laughs> acting a damn fool. That was a wild day. He was acting a damn fool. A wild with his friends. <laughs> with his friends acting crazy. And, um, some, and I, some of my friends were like fighting and shit. They yeah, were like, it was, wild, it was no. literally wild. Wild day on 7th Avenue or 7th Street, 7th Street Beach. Yeah, um, it was that crazy shit. Yeah, it was a crazy times. But um, I actually thought he was like hitting on this girl that I was talking to there. Like me and her were having a conversation. He came and I'm like, oh, I guess he's into her. But he was really into me. And then ever since that day, we that was it. It was a wrap. Yeah, I pretty much told her, I invited her to the to Beer Fest or yes, some shit I like really that. I really wanted to go. My friends didn't want to go. So I'm like, yes, let's go to Beer Fest. I had no intentions on going. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, you did. No, I'm just kidding. I really wanted to go, but I didn't think about it. I just wanted to, I just kept her with me. From that moment, I just grabbed her hand. I was like, you're staying with me. <laughs> yeah, and that was it. That I'll take was you to your car. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> But it's funny because, like, looking back and talking about our story, mm-hmm. we see how many times, you know, it was like we were weaved together but still apart until divine timing happened. I think timing is everything because I'm sure there were lessons you guys had to learn oh, and for sure. different things you had to go through in order to be ready for each other. And look how it happened. Like, we both, you know, were in a pretty toxic, detrimental relationship um, about the same time period, too, like four years, right, for you. And getting out of that relationship I made that decision with myself like I'm gonna take care of myself I'm gonna love myself I'm not gonna let anybody you know destroy my self-worth again I started exercising you know I got into yoga shortly after and and it wasn't a coincidence that Richie and I gravitated to each other when we both made that that decision within ourselves um and so our dynamic coming out of that I wouldn't say it was easy but it, it was kind of effortless because we both had that internal agreement and um you know we were on the same wavelength kind of so it kind of really flowed really well for both of us i'm grateful for that you too but i would say that's how the dynamic was between us like um i think we also both knew that we 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 didn't drag that past relationship into the current yeah we did have a lot of bumps in the road in the beginning because we were both healing and hurt trauma you know and even childhood trauma that we weren't realizing was subconsciously Mm -hmm. playing out but um you know, I think we made a really great team and we were able to grow through all of that together. So it's been a really big Yeah, we blessing. worked through it together. It was just... And that's what, like, conscious relationships mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Like, being vulnerable, showing up for each other, having those uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. So... I would say, the you know, focusing on yourself. And even though we got into that relationship, what's important is that we didn't go back to... We didn't go back on our the word that we made with ourselves. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think that's what made it a big impact on, on making it successful is that we weren't kind of reverting back to our old ways, how we were in that past relationship. Bringing our bad, our bad, um, bad habits, yeah. you know, or, or like in our trust issues and all that. Insecurities, all yeah. that stuff stayed behind. Which is really important because that happens a lot. Like people get into a new relationship and it's it's a new relationship, but they're still dealing with the same shit. Because and you kind of start punishing each other for mm-hmm. the shit that happened in your old relationship. Correct. And that just, I mean, if you want to stay in that mindset, then might as well stay with that. 
toxic person, you exactly. know? Exactly. All right. I think we had a few agree? questions. Super agree. <laughs> no, it was crazy because I, I would see her, like, in high school, and I would be, like, like so interested in her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I thought she was cute, but, like, it was it was something different, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from going up to a girl if, if, if I if I had an interest in her, but it was something like a block. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that, you know, and then um, that day at the beach, I was like, this is my chance. <laughs> I'm grabbing her hand and taking her to I'm, the car. <laughs> I'm grabbing her, <laughs> taking her to the car. Now. I think w- I manifested Richie. Yeah. Yeah. Because for years, like, you know, I had a, I had a boyfriend, the toxic one, and he had a girlfriend, the toxic one. And it was like, I would randomly think of him, which was not usual for me. Like he, he definitely was like dropping into my awareness a lot and it's interesting that now looking back I'm like whoa it's crazy how all of that happened because I I really do think that we manifested each other Mm -hmm. um but yeah divine timing yeah you guys like your vibration came towards each other the energy like when you guys were ready Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it's been a lot of work. I don't want to make it seem like it's been a fairy tale. Oh, you shit, know? Work. <laughs> it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. I know, you know, in the beginning when we first started coaching and stuff, people would see our relationship and be like, oh, they're so perfect. Like, mm, this is real life. This is hard work, you know? And on both of our parts, we both worked really hard to get to where we are. Um, but, you know, social media tends to distort things and make people think like, I mean, you're kind of only looking at pictures and you're establishing your own perception of someone's life and it's Mm -hmm. never how you perceive it to be. So um, just know there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of self-responsibility and self-accountability too. Yeah. Do you have any more questions for him? When you got with her, were you into spirituality or is this something that she brought on to you? How was that dynamic? Whoa. That's a that's a long question, long answer. Time. It comes with a long answer. No, no, really though, I got into what what I spirituality for sure when I started martial arts. Like when I started martial arts, I was like nineteen, and I and I did it because I I stopped playing soccer and I was kind of like lost into you know I felt like I needed to do something, and I was I was just gravitating towards. I always wanted to do martial arts even when I was in high, like high school and I wasn't doing martial arts or even thought about it. It was something that was very attractive to me. So when I started doing, um, I started with boxing, you know, little by little, and it felt like such a good outlet. And then I started martial arts, little by little, I started fighting. I started practice, I I had a friend that was at the gym and he was, um, you know, when you you go to a gym, you know, you, you get training partners and you gravitate towards training partners and you start hanging out and you guys, you know, you become good, good friends. And then uh, we started um, doing practicing qigong and and meditations and stuff like that, and those things really like started opening me up. I started doing a lot of things differently, you know. Like I started being more conscious of the food I ate, about the about you know rest, you know things things that didn't ma- didn't matter to me before now are more important than anything, you know. Like getting rest, going to sleep early, you know. I I stopped wanting to go party. You know, I just wanted to train. You know, everything was focused on on martial arts. You know, I wanted to become a really good martial artist or like, you know, and I feel like that was what started me on my spirituality journey because I would do all those things that now looking back, I see is like the sim, sim, very similar to what I'm doing now, which is, you know, just complete as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, with, with with a lot more understanding. That's so, cool. So, I mean, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> <laughs> how, to, how, um, how I got into spirituality? Yeah, and <clears throat> being with a spiritual woman, how has that been affected? Not affected, like how has that impacted you? How does that affect me? Yeah. <laughs> how does it? <laughs> no, well, like, yeah, I mean, like from the beginning, we, we you know, Ash started teaching yoga, you know, and I, I would just want to be involved in things she was involved with and i started liking yoga too so you know i just didn't want to be left behind you know i saw her i saw her like ascending like literally like becoming a better person changing her views becoming you know doing things that are are improving her lifestyle and and i want to you know a a toxic relationship would be me staying the same Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so my my goal is to like 
and I and I piggyback off a lot of things Ash does. You know, she does. You know, she 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 helps me grow all the time. So I didn't I didn't want to get left behind and and be like you know just hold her back. You know what I mean? So, so. I'm so you. glad you brought that up because I have and that comes up a lot with my clients and with people I know that they're in a relationship and they one of them starts doing the work and the other one just stays stagnant. So in that case, if you probably wouldn't, you know, done that, you guys would have vibrated away from each other. Well, if, if you think about <clears throat> it's always being like um, able to be coachable and like and grow, you know, be willing to grow at the same time. Like nothing I've done in the past nine years that we've been together, like has, has stopped me from, from being a better person is it only made me better. You know what I mean? So if I, if I go, if I refuse to do something, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put the words together. Can I say something? Yeah. Because I see that too a lot when someone starts to do the work and they start to feel that shift and they're moving forward, but then it's like something's on hanging on their coattails and it's Mm -hmm. that partner of theirs that who is not maybe not willing to to make a change or maybe they feel like I'm fine nothing's wrong with me Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a very difficult situation to be in I feel like we got to that point before you know and um, a few times a few times yeah Uh, and well what worked for us was an ultimatum (laughs) (laughs) look here either you go start to heal (laughs) or you know it's not gonna work and that's a very hard thing for me to say it's not something that i i want to happen but it's also like i made that commitment to myself nine years ago and i said i'm gonna put myself first no matter what and as much as i love him and our life together if you're not willing to take responsibility for your healing then i can't put myself in that position where i'm gonna keep myself behind you know it's like it's that same commitment that i made to myself and thankfully richie is such a willing person sometimes you have to give him an ultimatum you know that aries energy but um you know he started doing the healing and and immediately there's been a shift for us so if you're listening out there and you feel like there's nothing wrong with you chances are there's something lingering under the surface and you know try to work on that try to dig in don't be afraid of yourself don't be afraid of your darkness because it is within that darkness that you face yourself and you find your light and you can forgive yourself for everything and all the stuff that you've been through you can forgive the people who've hurt you and whatever you're holding on to you deserve to let it go Mm -hmm. um and so taking responsibility for yourself is going to save your relationship it's going to save your life it's going to improve your life so yeah it's pretty hard but put yourself first if your partner doesn't want to change know that you can't force that person you can let them know that you know you need to get some help um and if they choose not to, then that, that's your answer. The yeah, woman yeah. needs the man, you know. Yeah. Feminine Straight needs up. the masculine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I the advice that I give like to people is, you know, first of all, you're like I gave an ultimatum. There's nothing wrong with expressing what you need because mm-hmm. that's what you needed, right? Mm-hmm. And he went ahead and he and he took what you needed and he showed up for you because mm-hmm. he cared enough to make this work. Mm-hmm. Some people will go ahead and make a change for two weeks and then go back to mm-hmm. the same shit. Um, one thing that I do tell people is that you have to understand that when you got into this relationship, you guys were different people. And just because you're doing this work and you want to heal and do all this stuff, you cannot force somebody to change. You cannot tell them, oh, I want you to be this way now because I'm this way now. Mm -hmm. You could tell them what you need and then let it be up to them to make the change. If they're not willing to, then you have to accept the fact that this person is not for you. And that's the part that I feel that people have a very hard time accepting. It's a hard truth. It is a very hard hard truth, truth. but the longer you stay there... And you never know, maybe that's exactly what you need. You do need to be apart from that person to continue evolving, you know, Um, or you can stay and remain the same. It's up to you. Most of the time, it's it's time to to move on, to move on. Yeah. Anything you want to add? I mean, yeah. I mean, like most of the time, it's time to move on. But I feel like, you know, we've grown a lot, like different levels. You know what I mean? We've grown from from the moment we met to becoming, you know, engaged to getting married like every at every level we had challenges where we had to like 
both put ourselves in uncomfortable situations and grow more. Mm-hmm. So, especially having a child. Yeah, well, that really that wedged the, that us. That was the biggest, the <laughs> yeah. biggest challenge, you know. But um, being being with somebody, and you know, when you love somebody, you just you have to you have to draw the line and and say, okay, well, I I want to be with I, I said I want to be with Ashley. I want to be better. I will. I got. I got to make these changes. You know, it's not. It's not gonna put me back. It's not gonna make me a worse person. Right. It's not gonna stop me from growing. It's gonna actually help me. So, so it also depends on what the ultimatums are. Correct. You know yeah. I mean? yeah so. well, if it was a selfish need, like, oh, I need you to do this for me, it, you know. But my intention when telling you to get help was so that you, you can, can heal and we can move forward together because mm-hmm. that is the part that I can't. Nobody else yeah, can do that do for, for you. Me. You know, right. that's an inside job. Um, yeah, so I'm glad you. <laughs> glad you I'm came glad. around, buddy. <laughs> Good job. Great job. <laughs> no, yes. I, I love you guys. Like seeing you guys, like, to, and it's so funny because you guys seem so different. You guys work so well. Mm-hmm. And I just. Yeah, we're, we're very different. It's awesome. We're very, very different, but we have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Our standards are similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as your core values are the same like you guys have the same you know mm-hmm. believe the same things and very true respect yeah so That's Taurus foundation. and Aries it, you can coexist together mm-hmm. it's possible <laughs> our birthdays are three days apart yep. yeah mm-hmm. well I think that's all anything you want to add close out <laughs> any last words no, I mean this was probably my my first podcast, so thank probably you for having or me. Was. This was my, fir- my first podcast, <laughs> it is, it is, so for, it is, for sure. It is. Thank thank you for having me. Um, a little rusty, but definitely gonna get better and and um, improve on, you know, with this experience. So thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for laughter. opening up. I'm sure a lot yeah. of I I know a lot of men look up to you, um, and I think it's important that you know they hear what you have to say and. And they see that you can be vulnerable as well, even though you're a little intimidating. Yeah. And, you know. and be very masculine. Because I see Richie as a very, like, masculine man-man. There's, nowadays, a lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah, because nowadays, like, I'm sorry, but men are getting soft. <laughs> They're going opposite. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you still could be vulnerable and still be you have that masculine, like, energy. And on top of that, you could also be spiritual. And it's a beautiful thing to see. So keep up the good work. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Where can people find you? I'll be back. On Instagram. What's your handle? Double underscore Richie Ramirez. Okay, cool. It's really simple. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. This was a very interesting episode. And until next time, remember, it's not all living life.